BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today on the show, we have someone who is nothing short of a media mogul. At just 26 years old, Daniela Pearson is the founder and CEO of The Newsette, a next-generation media company that empowers, motivates, and informs women every morning through a daily newsletter. She started The Newsette as a sophomore in college, but just last year, The Newsette closed $40 million in revenue with no VCs or investors. She has over 500,000 subscribers and hosts interviews with talent like DVF and Selena Gomez. Daniela clearly has unparalleled skills when it comes to creating digital communities. So it's no surprise that Selena herself tapped her to become the co-CEO of her new mental fitness company, Wondermind. Alongside Mandy Teefee, who is a producer, and Selena's mother, the trio is set to launch the platform later this year, and it aims to destigmatize and democratize mental health care through original content. In this episode, Daniela talks us through her remarkable mental health journey and how she's balanced becoming an incredibly successful entrepreneur at just 26. We also talk about her incredible new chapter ahead, alongside one of the world's most famous and inspiring names, and how they really plan to shake up the mental health industry. I hope you guys love this episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure to follow, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an incredible week ahead. Here's my friend, Daniela Pearson. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I absolutely love your career. I'm a newsletter junkie and think that newsletters are just so interesting. So everything that you've done to me is so inspiring. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for those kind words. And thank you for even wanting me on your show. I I love your show. So big fan. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. So for listeners who are just getting to know you, you were in college when you started an incredible newsletter called The Newsette. I would love to hear where your head was at during that time and what was so compelling to you about starting a newsletter. I feel like now they're super popular. We see them everywhere. But this was about seven years ago. So you were pretty ahead of of the game in that. Yeah, well, I basically knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think it was a little bit of like an entrepreneurial spirit. And then also like, who's going to hire me? I have no qualifications in every, anything. So I need to figure something out. And so I always was trying to find something, especially in college, because I really did not like college, especially because we had a lot of 
the classes that you would take in high school that were almost like repeated. I didn't just go directly into, you know, business classes. And I thought it was a little bit of a waste of time for me. And so I took every single day as a day where I could spend, you know, growing something myself so that when I graduated college, I could work for myself. And so I tried, you know, to invent a better shower caddy. I, you know, would look at a straw and say, but what if it becomes two straws? You know, the worst ideas you've ever heard. And so finally, I was actually at at home in Florida with my twin sister, Alex, and she was starting an app or something, you know, as a marketing project for school. She went to UPenn, I went to BU. And I was just so bored because she was just encompassed by that. And I wanted that too. So I basically sat down and I was like, okay, what business will I start? And I was like, well, what am I good at? And the list was very short, like alarmingly so. And I was like, well, what do I like to do? And I love to read magazines. I've loved to read magazines since I was a child. The escapism and, you know, the daydreaming, it was just amazing. And so I thought, what if I can take the experience of a magazine and put it into an email? Um, Or I I guess that's a lie. I didn't think about email. I thought like a gift. I wanted to deliver a gift wrapped and, and delivered to, you know, people every single day. And so I thought, you know, is that a blog? You know, I get emails from my teachers. Can I do that via an email? And so really the reason why it became an email newsletter is I tried to make a blog and it was just way too hard. And so I was like, okay, well, what about a newsletter? That should be easier. And I just made a MailChimp account and sent the first one the next day. So it is, the first one was incredibly embarrassing. I mean, the first probably 42 were probably really embarrassing. Uh, but I was just so excited that I was almost building this world every single day and then slowly but surely de- delivering it to, you know, eight people, 20 people, and, you know, then thousands of people. So it, it was just like a high that I can't describe. You're one of those people that like, have you ever been in a situation where you meet someone and they've had a really similar experience to you that, and you just kind of get those butterflies of like excitement of being like, oh my God, I can't wait to just talk to this person for hours about the random things that we can probably both relate on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel with you because I started a website in college too. And a lot of it had to do with this anxiety of like, okay, well, if no one will hire me outside of school, like I can just work for myself and just kind of narrowing in on like what it is, like, what are you good at? And honestly, like to this day, when people tell me that they're listening to my like first 10 podcasts ever, I like cringe inside because I'm Mm -hmm. like, those first ones were so bad. I was so young. I was just starting out, but I can totally relate to that feeling of just feeling super entrepreneurial in college and being like, well, if no one's going to hire me, I'm just going to hire myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I pick you. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. We live in a time right now where starting something when you're in college and starting something new and starting something when you're young is totally what everybody wants to do. Everyone wants to work for themselves. No one wants to work for other people. I wonder how you balanced having something in college while also being in school and being young and also probably figuring it out as you go. Yeah. I mean, so I'm 26. So I started when I was 19. So back then, uh, years ago, it was definitely not cool to like, you know, start something in college. I mean, obviously there were people like Mark Zuckerberg or whatever that people right. looked up to, but it almost, I almost felt incredibly embarrassed that like to tell anybody about what I was starting when I first started out, because 
I thought people would kind of look at me and be like, oh, that's so cute. Like, look what you're trying to do. Or like, like, just be like, why, you know? And I, I didn't really have a great relationship with college. You know, school was always harder for me than it was for my sister, my twin sister. And the only time I ever really, you know, put my head down and and got incredibly good grades was the last two years of high school when I realized, oh my gosh, if I don't really work hard, I'm going to be stuck in Jacksonville, Florida my entire life. And that is not where I'm staying. And so I've always had to have like almost like the carrot that I was running towards. And I think I, I recently was diagnosed with ADHD, which I never knew I had. And, you know, that diagnosis came years after I graduated college. So it, it makes sense now that, you know, I, I care about the things I care about, but I just do not want to do anything that I'm not interested in. And so when I finally started doing the newsette, I would basically, I would write it four hours every single morning. So I would wake up at like 5 a.m. and then I'd send it at like 8.30 or 9 a.m. And for those four hours, I would just sit in front of my computer and nothing could divide my attention. And I had never experienced anything like that. You know, I would sit down and write an essay for class and unless it was due in an hour, you know, I just made every excuse in the book not to do it. And so I realized that I could actually you know, be passionate about something and work very hard um, to get, you know, something done. And so I kind of rode that high while other people maybe like, you know, thought I was dumb for, you know, even doing something outside of school and potentially, you know, harming my grades, which I wouldn't recommend. But I, you know, I, I would just work every single second I wasn't in the classroom, I was working on the newsette. And so occasionally, yeah, I would say, you know, I'd rather uh, do this proposal for a potential advertiser than, you know, finish this essay or, you know, study for this exam because it all, like, I, I kind of thought about, you know, the exam is going to get me to next semester, but this proposal could get me to the rest of my life. I'm so in awe of everything you just said, because something that I feel like I was taught to believe for a while, especially as someone that had a company and started it young, was that I kind of always had to present a very put together front. Like, okay, if you're going to run a company, you have to you have to be the face of it and you have to be as strong as your company is. And I something struck me about what you said in the beginning about people saying to you, when you told them you started a company that they were like, oh, that's cute, quote unquote. And I, you know, your company today is incredibly successful. It's been the launching pad for everything you're doing now. And also to what you were saying has been a a massive outlet of self-discovery for you. How did you grow the, the newsette to be what it is today and find that confidence to even get new subscribers? Like what, what kind of, what was the were there like crazy hacks that you had to kind of doing it in a, in a, in a way that felt comfortable to you if you didn't want to be this face forward person? Because I'm sure there are so many people out there now who are entrepreneurial and ambitious and want to start things for themselves, but also might not want to be people who feel comfortable or in the point in their lives who want to be front and center of it. Yeah, for sure. I think the, I owe the news that, and, and, what it's given me everything because it, it built me into the person I am today. So uh, I, I tell 
people sometimes, you know, I had no idea who I was before I went to college. I think there was like this survey that you would take like to see what roommate you should be matched up with. And the questions were like, are you easygoing? Are you uptight? Do you like the beach? Do you like the mall? I remember like, those surveys. Yeah. I hated them. I and, hated them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of these things. And that seemed so simple. And right. I, I realized I couldn't answer any of the questions because I had no idea who I was. Then my entire, I guess, teen years, I was whoever I thought I should be or whoever somebody I liked wanted me to be. And that was really sad, you know, realizing that. And so through the newsette and just being so convicted and growing and learning every single day, I developed my value system and what I found important and who I was as a person that I developed all of those layers of confidence that I had been lacking before. And so by the time I, you know, a year or two after I started and I was a senior in college, I had so much confidence. I would walk up to people at the, you know, BU Business School Starbucks and be like, hey, you should sign up for this newsletter. It's really cool. Where and, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the founder and CEO. Whereas when I first started it, I would give some woman a flyer and be like, hey, I'm interning for this cool company. Like, will you sign up for it? And it, it just the transformation. Yeah, it it, it really you used it to took- say you interned for them? Yeah, because I thought, you know, who would sign up for a company that I started, you know, like I, I gave myself very little credit, which again, I think adds to the fact that I I really transformed who I was at 19 yeah. um, into who I am today. And I look back at, you know, the person I was before and I I don't recognize her. And so I, I think I I the way I grew the list to your second question was just hustle. Like I, I wasn't the best writer. I knew that. And I grew at writing every single day. I read books. I, I listened to podcasts on how to, you know, grow audience sizes, how to grow sales for advertising, you know, led businesses, etc. And so I was teaching myself every day. I didn't have a mentor or anything like that. So I really kind of just made it all of the women that, you know, for instance, you have on your podcast, my mentors by listening to podcasts like yours, you know, that existed when I was um, in college. And so I, I really took like the peer mentorship model, but they didn't know I was a peer. <laughs> they just, they were my pretend peer. And so some of the strategies I did was I would be in class in, in a random class that I did not care about. And I would be on my laptop. And whereas, you know, some people are taking notes, some people are on Facebook. I was also on Facebook, but not like the other people. I was going through my friends list, seeing anyone that I was friends with in in high school, or I mean, you know, quote unquote friends with, acquaintances with, and then see their new friends from college. And I would friend request all of their new friends who had no idea who I was. And if they accepted, then I would message them and say, hey, I'm interning for this really cool company. You can become an ambassador. You can put on your resume if you get up 10 other people to sign up. Like, are you in? And at that point, it wasn't when like everybody was an ambassador for everything. And so people were really interested in having something to put on their resume for a summer internship or whatever. And so that's how I grew to, I think it was like the first 14 or 15,000 people was me just being a stalker on Facebook to these random people. No, you're a genius. That's amazing because it's true. It's like, there is that like, you know, people who want, who doesn't want to be an ambassador for something to some extent back in the day, like that kind of was, you know, being a part of a club or being 
you know, anything like that in college was something that people wanted. But I have to also say thank you so much for sharing that because I definitely, that resonated with me a lot because when people ask me questions about, you know, starting friend of a friend in college, I think they also expect this very like put together answer of like, oh, I had a business plan and a game plan. I knew what I was doing. And it really, to me, the way that I feel about it now, it was this like accountability partner for me to like show up for myself and figure Mm -hmm. out who I was and what I wanted. But the podcast is a place where I have to show up every week and figure it out with them. So I really love that you shared that and how it was just a like hustle from the start. So thank you for sharing that entire vulnerable experience. Yeah, of course. And look, like a few years ago, I, I mean, if like, if you read any of my interviews, you know, a few years ago, I probably wasn't this open. I've always been honest, but I think in the last two years, when I've basically achieved, and I don't mean this to sound in any way, you know, braggy, and I I hate talking about myself, but I think it's important because I didn't know success like this was possible. I didn't know that that was even a thing I could achieve as a woman, especially like a Latinx, you know, young woman in her 20s. And so I got to a point in the last few years where I became financially independent in ways that I never thought were possible. And that basically allowed me to feel comfortable enough. And then obviously, you know, meeting Selena and Mandy and starting Wondermind and, you know, preaching about the importance of mental health and being vulnerable. It really gave me the confidence to finally say, you know, I don't have everything figured out. You know, my company might have made $40 million last year and like we made eight figures of profit, but I still sometimes, you know, like cry in the shower, you know, after a bad meeting, like it's, it's, it's real life. And, and I didn't know those things were possible. I used to look at, you know, a business magazine like entrepreneur and say, if I'm ever successful enough to be on the cover of that magazine, I will be the only person who has ever started a successful business with a mental illness. And it wasn't true. It's just people didn't talk about it. I mean, there are so many business owners who deal with mental health. And so that's also why it was really important for Selena, Mandy, and I to be on the cover of Entrepreneur to unveil what we were doing with Wondermind and to have in big letters, mental health is good business. Because I wish I would have seen something like that when I was 19 that would have empowered me to think, wow, like I'm not alone and it isn't impossible. Let's talk about Wondermind a little bit because. I'm in awe of Wondermind and just you as a businesswoman, because not only you have a newsletter with hundreds of thousands of subscribers, as you just said, you made an eight figure profit last year. Most people would just pump the brakes there and say, I did a good job. But here you are starting a new business with one of the most well-known names in the world. And I got to say, that must be an incredible feeling to be able to partner with her and know that you are bringing a, a pretty incredible skill set to the table but also obviously be starting something for an incredible cause. So for people who don't know what Wondermind is, I would love to hear it through your lens. Of course, yeah, happy to give a little bit of an overview. Wondermind is a company, the mission is to destigmatize and democratize mental health. And so there are three parts of the company, it's production, media, and product. And so essentially the most exciting parts that I'm just so thrilled to be working on every single day alongside with all of my other work is that, you know, mental health affects more people than I guess you could even imagine possible. Over 80% of Americans suffer from mental health 
but are too scared to get help from it because of the stigma. And so we thought, you know, for anybody who already has a therapist and anybody who maybe hasn't even taken that step to get a therapist because of the stigma, we really want to democratize and destigmatize and and create this category called mental fitness, where it's fantastic if you're able to work with a therapist every single week, if you're lucky enough to do that. But what about in between those sessions? We wanted to empower people to be able to, you know, work on mental fitness. So just like you have a, if you're lucky enough to have a personal trainer once a week, you know, you have dumbbells and you have, you know, exercise equipment for the sessions in between. And and that's really what we're building, the world we're building. So not only was it important for us to build, you know, production for storytelling. So something like 13 Reasons Why, which Mandy like found the book. She brought that to life, my amazing co-founder and co-CEO. And then Selena, you know, obviously executive produced, executive produced it. They happen to be mother-daughter duo. So I, I, I feel so honored that they, you know, have let me into their ecosystem. So that's the production piece. The media piece is, you know, if mental health is one of the most searched topics in the world, and the only place to go to actually, you know, have a home or to visit a home of that on the internet is psychology today. Like that's a problem. And so we're really reimagining what a mental health and mental fitness media company looks like. And then very excited to launch products as well. So like, you know, I just talked about dumbbells and, you know, stretch, the stretchy things that you like the weight are the, uh, resistant bands that that just shows how you know much I go to the gym but you know those are all of those (laughs) those are all of the tools in like physical fitness but what about mental fitness no one's really explored that and we're so excited to be able to do so so that's kind of you know what's to come I want to get into Wondermind a little bit more but first I need to ask how did you even get in touch with Selena and Mandy I know that there's a story there that involves the iconic DVF I need to hear how this whole epic rendezvous happened. Yeah, no, for sure. I guess, yeah, it, it always leads back to DVF. She's my fairy godmother. She, I would not be doing anything I'm doing right now without her. Um, what I, an iconic fairy godmother. I know. And I, I, it's not like I knew her, like, you know, from growing up or something like that. Like we, we connected years after I started the news that it's probably been like two or three years from this point, but she actually, her CEO, her former CEO of DVF, Sandra, who is an incredible woman, Sandra Campos, she reached out to me um, on LinkedIn and I thought I was being catfished. Like the CEO of DVF is reaching, like why? And I guess she'd seen, you know, an article in Forbes or something about me and she was interested in chatting with me. And then that led to meeting with Diane and, you know, having that incredible conversation with her and uh, me just being like, oh my, so starstruck. I watched every single, you know, Project Runway show where she was a judge. I watched her like E! show. I I was a big fan. So I did not play it cool. So I, I met her and I guess I left such an impression on her that she literally emailed me the next day at like, 8 a.m. and it came from this very random email address that sounds like looked like it was kind of spam and all it said was I love you and I was like am I being like catfished again and then you know she's like come have lunch with me and and it basically developed into this incredible relationship where I respect her so much she is such an incredible woman really like an icon in every way has lived life to the fullest I'm honored that she even, you know, gave me real estate in her life and in her heart for, you know, the the time that we spent together and we still talk a lot now. 
and yeah, she's just, I, I owe her so much. Her and Sandra, I owe her every, them, them both everything for opening these doors for me. We ended up doing something, the Newsette and BBF called the Weekly Wrap, which was a limited um, series uh, weekly newsletter on behalf of both of our brands together. And so we were looking for people to interview and Sandra, uh, the former CEO of BBF said, hey, you should interview Mandy Peepy. And I was like, oh, great. Like, who's Mandy Peepy? And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, my God, she, you know, is the reason why 13 Reasons Why came to be one of the most successful Netflix shows. And she, you know, had an incredible career before that, you know, managing Selena and, and building her up alongside, you know, her. And so I was so impressed that I was like, yes, please, you know, introduce us. And so we did a phone interview for the weekly wrap. And I was so inspired by her that I think like six months later, I was like, hey, would you, would you want to be in the newsette? And she was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And so then she was in the newsette. And then we had kind of, you know, stayed in touch. And then six months later, we were going to do something for mental health. And Mandy had been so raw and open with me about mental health. And then I knew from when I was in college, that Selena, you know, her daughter had been so open about her mental health as well. She's probably the most famous person to ever, you know, say that she was going to go get help or go to a clinic or, or whatnot. And so I was like, hey, would you guys want to do like a mother daughter interview for mental health? And she was like, all for it. And so we were lucky enough to get them both in the newsette. And so during that conversation between Mandy, Selena and I, I felt I was so empowered by how strong and, and almost in awe of how freely they talked about their mental health and being vulnerable and everything like that with me that I all of a sudden felt the urge to tell them that I you know, had OCD and, and they were like the fourth and fifth people I'd ever said that to in my life. And so after that, we you know, were like, how can we change the mental health world? And that's really how Wondermind came to be. Wow. What an incredible story. I would love to hear a little bit about your journey with mental health. As you just mentioned, there was that moment where you felt open to finally talk about it. But how did you feel before that? And of course, answer in whatever way makes you feel comfortable. No, for sure. I mean, you know, a few years ago, none of that would have made me feel comfortable. And now it's, it's so funny. I surprise myself every time that I, you know, talk about it. And uh, it's, it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that it took me to get to a position where I felt like I was already hopefully respected as a businesswoman to then be vulnerable like this. Whereas I don't, I, I don't think I would have been this vulnerable in my ascend towards building a successful company because I would have thought people, you know, thought I was crazy or thought that I wasn't capable or whatnot. And so I, I think it is sad that I had to wait until I felt comfortable enough in my career to do so. I don't want anybody to ever have to feel that way. You shouldn't have to slave for seven years and build a company in order to finally, you know, be honest about your mental health. And that's really, you know, the reason why Wondermind is coming and why we're building it. And so essentially my, my, my relationship with mental health started when I was really young. So the first thing that I remember was, me sitting on my canopy bed as probably like a six-year-old or seven-year-old and one of the canopy like sides broke and so my uncle had to put black tape on it and I remember feeling so incredibly anxious and I guess like uncomfortable that one side had black tape and the other didn't 
And I didn't know why, you know, I, I didn't even know what OCD was until I was in high school. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I have. Started manifesting that way. Then I would have to, you know, do certain rituals. I'd have to look under the bed before I like went to sleep and, and all of these different things that were incredibly, I guess, destructive in my life. And my family kind of, you know, saw it as like, maybe like a quirk or something and almost like kind of made fun of me playfully about it. And they didn't know either like what it was. And, and again, that's all stuff that we're hoping to solve with wonder mind of just awareness and knowing how to, you know, talk to anybody in your life who is suffering, not only from a mental illness, but also just from feeling sad or lonely, normal human emotions that don't make you feel whole all the time. And so that that's kind of, you know, how it, it began to manifest in my life. And then in high school, I, there were definitely periods where I was very depressed, you know, definitely a few times that I contemplated, like, would the world be better off without me? Would anyone even care if I existed anymore? And thank God, you know, I always had my mother and my sister who would, you know, take me out of that. And I don't think they ever realized how much I was struggling and suffering because I, again, was embarrassed. Uh, to say anything about it, even to my close family. And so that, you know, was really formative and probably very indicative of why I had no confidence and I had no idea who I was before I started my company. And so I just had to buckle down and, and realize like, okay, I, I need to get my shit together. And so not only did that involve like me just getting like not only working very hard for the news app, but also working really hard for school and the mental toll that that had, but it also made me confront the issues that I was having with OCD because as I was getting more anxious and stressed, the OCD was getting so much worse and more intrusive in my life. And that's the first time I ever saw a therapist and a psychiatrist and I started going on medicine and my entire life changed. I'm so sorry that you went through all of that. But I'm also so grateful that we have someone like you that is pushing the conversation forward and is an example of somebody that is so successful, so kind, so out there, but is also being vulnerable about where she's at and where she's what she's been through. And I love something you were saying earlier, which is, is this idea of being mentally fit. And obviously, through everything you just said, you've had such an experience with being on both sides of that spectrum. And I would love to hear if there's something that you do every day that keeps that mental fitness up for you. If, you know, you're telling people through Wondermind to go out there and be mentally fit, what is like your go-to workout every day? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. And I hate to leave it, leave it as a tease, but we, <laughs> I mean, we, we all thought, you know, if, if, if we're positioning mental health as mental fitness and that you can improve your mental health by doing, you know, exercises and behaviors and whatnot to, to help that, you know, we can't just tell people, just go figure it out. Like we have to give people the resources and tools to do so. And so the, the cool thing that we're doing with Wondermind is we are being your advocate, your equal, not, you know, talking down to you in any way to empower you and help you every single day not only learn about different, you know, mental health aspects and, and hear from the best, you know, doctors and, and therapists and psychiatrists in the world that usually only are able to, you know, talk to the top 1% who can afford their sessions, you know, democratizing that information. But we're also building physical tools 
where, you know, you feel like you can actually go and purchase one of these things and work on your mental fitness every single day. So almost like the, you know, dumbbell or the weight that you can then use in your mental fitness journey. So I can't say too much yet, but uh, there are many things that we're introducing both, you know, on the media side and the product side that will help people every single day. But I, I will tell you, you know, something that I do, you know, this is more, I guess, abstract, but I, I really have started to prioritize giving myself uh, some time off because I work 24 seven. And to be totally honest with you, when people say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm so grateful because my biggest fear would be to go back to the person I was before when no one wanted to talk, no one wanted to have a meeting with me, no one cared. You know, now I feel so lucky and honored that people want to, you know, work at my companies and people are interested in what I have to say that, you know, I, I, I feel like if, if I didn't work this hard, it would almost be like, you know, it, it would almost feel like I wasn't taking advantage of the incredible opportunity that I have. And so I, it really working hard invigorates me. However, it, it isn't good for you to just, you know, work, work, work every single day, no break, etc. So something that I have forced myself to do is uh, that every single night after dinner, I, I watch TV and sometimes I'll work a little bit on my computer, but I love to just have that time. So whether it's, you know, some people go on a run. I hate working out. So if I, I, I hope one day I go for a run or something instead of watching TV, but you know, whatever that one or two hour period of time is where you can just take your mind off of any worry or stress and even work on yourself. So, you know, running would probably be a good thing. I, uh, I, it's, that is the ultimate, you know, luxury for me because it allows me to then finally give myself a break. I love that you just said the TV thing. And something that I that came up for me as you were talking just now was something that I feel often, which is I love my work too. Getting to work for yourself and build something and feel really proud of that every day is the greatest thing of all time. But it is so easy for that thing to become your identity, especially as a founder. And I felt that happening for me too. So finding that time every day to disconnect and actually be like, what are some things that I like to do? Like, what am I, what am I excited to do that has nothing to do with my job? Sometimes even TV, watching TV is hard for me because there'll be like <laughs> celebrities in the movie that I want to interview or like I see a movie <laughs> and I need to like get on Twitter right away. And I'm like, what's everyone mm -hmm. saying about this? Yeah. So like disassociating from that work persona is so challenging for me too. And like not letting it become my entire identity. So I totally relate to that. Love the TV thing. Like getting into a good show is something that I like always get behind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That That's one of my vices. And usually it's reality TV. I actually read like somewhere that the reason why a lot of people like rewatching reality TV or, or watching the same reality TV show, especially like competition shows is because you can like, you, there's structure. So I, something right. I do a lot, which is so incredibly embarrassing, but I rewatch like every single project runway, for instance. And it does make sense that, you know, I know what's coming and I know the format of the show that it's not this big surprise. And so it's, it's like a safety blanket. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's what I do. And hopefully that's not weird. I work, we watch movies all the time. Like I've seen certain movies like 80 times and people are like, why do you watch the same movie? And I'm like, I don't know. I like the like 
comfort of watching the same movie yeah. and, and not having to sit there and be like suspenseful of what's yeah. going to happen or like, oh, are they going to end up together or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah. it's just I don't kind of a be weird. stressed when I watch TV. Right. I just want to know what's going to happen, but be amused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> we really are. There, I was reading an interview that you did. The best way to ensure that society pays attention to an issue is to make money from it. That's how true movements are made. And I feel like in today's world, a lot of people would be like, absolutely not. That mm-hmm. that's, that's either capitalism or that's benefiting mm-hmm. off of someone else's loss. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that there's a lot of power in being able to put capital behind something. And a lot of good can come from using money in the right ways. And mm-hmm. I would love if you can elaborate that on that a little bit, especially when it comes to the mental health world, because I don't think a lot of people are as brave as you to say that publicly, but I think you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. So definitely want to put context behind that, that the reason why that is true is just the society that we live in. And if you think about any industry, like the fitness industry, you know, 20 years ago, it was maybe, you know, a 10th of the market it is now. And because people have realized that you can make so much money in the fitness industry, now there's billions of dollars poured into it and you can access a workout anywhere you know, on your phone for free, everything. But also think of how many people's lives have been benefited from that. Exactly. It has changed people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So when people ask us, you know, why don't you do this as a charity? My response to them was because I believe to my bones that the only way to make cultural, systematic, long-term change is to make money from it. Because then if you prove that something can make money, that also so happens to be, you know, broadening an ecosystem for um, an underserved market like mental health, then all of a sudden billions of dollars of investment capital, Wall Street, everyone starts paying attention and everything in that world becomes more accessible to those who for so long haven't been able to access it. And so our goal is to build the most successful, valuable company possible and have a fantastic exit so that hopefully there are a hundred more companies coming behind us that are, you know, democratizing the way people find therapists like you see now with, you know, the help of funding from these multi-billion dollar, you know, VC funds and being able to provide access through, you know, that capital is really powerful. And I really love that you said that because I think it was a truly honest take on what the mental health industry needs to become destigmatized. The more mm-hmm. that we see it in every aspect of our world, I think the better off that we have at a chance of destigmatizing it. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, if we raised, let's say we had a charity for mental health and we raised a hundred million dollars over, you know, a few years, which would be insane. But let's say we did that, that would be a hundred hundred million dollars that we could then, you know, use to help people. So maybe get people access to therapists, help destigmatization, et cetera. But if we build a billion dollar company, because all of the other people around us will say, well, we want a piece of that market share too. And billions of dollars of investor capital is poured into the mental health space. All of a sudden, it's this multi-billion dollar category where billions of dollars, not just a hundred million dollars is being spent on creating better products for mental health for more people. And, you know, think about all of the apps that you use where you get free, you know, content and and free tips or exercises, et cetera. 
The only reason why that's free is because some investor, most of the time, some investor poured millions of dollars into it to allow that content to be made and be free. And so that's kind of the idea behind you know, what I said was, it's one thing to just raise money and do something with those funds, but it's another thing to inspire a movement that then puts billions of dollars into, you know, somewhere that really needs it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like you have an incredible arsenal of people around you that you are constantly learning from, whether it's DVF or Selena and her mom, Mandy. And I feel like it would bring me so much joy if I was constantly working with a mother-daughter duo. And I'd love to hear if there was something that the two of them have taught you in your time working with them? Yeah, I mean, Mandy is just teaches me something every single day. She's she's such an incredible businesswoman and and in her own flavor, just like I am, you know, a businesswoman in my own flavor. And so it's it's so incredible to be inspired by her daily and learn from her and her incredible experience. And then also Selena obviously, you know, has an incredible career and and has so much experience. And I think the one thing that they've both helped me a lot with, even recently, we had a photo shoot a couple of days ago is I'm, I'm used to being like, you know, the business person behind the brand. I, I'm not somebody who likes to personally be in the spotlight. I find it uncomfortable. And I honestly think like, does anyone even give a fuck about me? Like, you know, excuse my French, but they, they, they really helped me, you know, become more confident being, you know, on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine with them and making me feel like I belong there and not just brand, but in, in the name behind the brand, like founded by, you know, this person, but leading with myself as, you know, a businesswoman in my own right. And, and I guess building a brand around that has always been very uncomfortable for me. And, and they've empowered me not to feel, you know, so self-deprecating and, and so, you know, I guess, ashamed of of putting myself in the spotlight. I am so excited for Wondermind to come out. I'm really, really grateful for your time today. And thank you so much for sharing all of this. When can we expect to see Wondermind out in the world? Yeah, so we have a wait list right now where you will basically find out if you sign up exactly what we're doing, you'll be the first to know. And then we're also on social. So on Instagram, official Wondermind, TikTok, um, Twitter, et cetera. And so we haven't announced yet exactly when the first thing is launching, but it is coming soon. Thank you so much, Daniela. This was so much fun. I loved getting to know you. Thank you. And and right back at you. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.